0: Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God.
1: I'm going to read a scripture out of the book of Daniel, chapter 7. And I'm going to read one out of Revelation 12. And we'll see where we go from there. How many love the Lord? Amen. You know... The longer you the longer you serve God the more you figure out how smart you, he is and how dumb you are. Amen. <laughs> I mean it's amazing the wisdom of God that's manifested not only in the word of God but in your everyday living and in God's interaction with your life when he does things many times you kind of like you know wow that's you know one of those God things it just kind of blows you away. And, you know, he's so wise and compassionate and and wants to do uh, so much in our lives. And many times we restrict him. And I think that the day that we're living in, if we don't understand, uh, you know, actually the day that we're living in and what that actually means to live in this day. And and then to understand that the oppression of this day, the oppression of this hour, just the the everyday uh, pressure that's on this world is literally literally the, the manifestation of what the Lord said would happen in these last days, the great stress, the great agitation of humanity. Many times in the Bible, it's referred to like a raging sea. Many times the sea is, is uh, equated with people, with masses of people. And we certainly see that in the earth today. But you know, when it comes to God's people, it's very unique. Now, you know, I dare say this, and, and I, I just kind of, just you know, I think we can all relate to this. But, you know, we've got about a uh, two-year history in which it's obvious uh, there's been a great paradigm change on the earth in these last two years. I mean, if you just think everything is just going to go back to whatever we thought normal was, well, it won't. It won't. There's something that's happened. There's been a shift. There's been a change. And if you begin to read the literal signs of what it's all about and what's happening, uh, you'll understand that this is, these are the last of the last days. This is uh, 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 the end times like no other generation has ever known it. They didn't know the end times like this in the 90s. They didn't know it like this in the 80s or in the 70s, the 60s, 50s. I mean, I mean, just in these last 24 months and on just about every area. I know people would want to blame it on a, a disease like COVID or this or that. But just everything that has happened and everything that has gone on and kind of conspired in that has brought a, brought a great change to the earth. A great, a great change has happened. And in the midst of that, the adversary and the Bible talks about this. And if you don't understand this dynamic, <laughs> then you may not understand what you've been going through the last two years. Because most of us have gone through some pretty deep valleys in the past couple of years. Amen. I mean, we had to, we had to fight to keep our lives going. Fight to keep the church going. Uh, fight and believe God to help, to, to, to help our missionaries, to help them keep going. Uh, adding our faith to, to hundreds and thousands of people all over the world just to believe God, not only just to survive, but to thrive in the midst of this. Knowing this, that a lot of our brothers and sisters are under great attack and oppression. Amen. And many of us have gone through some of the most traumatic times we've ever gone through in our life. It's just been crazy turmoil of all different types of things that have happened. I was uh, listening to a, a pastor who lost his son about a week ago. And this guy is, a, you know, they spent three hours believing God to raise him from the dead and got up and walked away and said, well, you know, we're still going to believe what we believe and preach what we preach. and You know, but he, he, he said he, in his heart he questioned God. He knew this was an attack of the devil trying to steal his heart. And some of you, some of the things that you're going through right now or have gone through in the past couple of years, you you think, why in the world did I go through that? Or why did this happen? It's because the enemy is doing his best to try to steal the hearts of God's people right now because he knows what's fixing to happen. There is a dimension of weariness that the enemy tries to put on the body of Christ when he knows the body of Christ is fixing to break through into something that it's never had before and we're right there right now. To give you an example, you know, this, 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 this testimony that I saw uh, was sent to me. Uh, these would be people comfortable here. That in the sickness or disease of anyone in the church, we would be doing What? speaking the word, standing and praying, laying hands, anointing with oil, whatever it took, we pull out all the stops. Amen. And, uh, and oh, man, he was getting, he was getting encouragement. One, one minister called him and, and said, you know, uh, my son died, was actually dead for uh, uh, several hours. I went in. He was uh, laying up, on the, up on the, uh, uh, in the morgue, uh, just, you know, no, no, no color left him, and just literally dead, and he said God raised him from the dead. Another one that had the exact same condition that his son had uh, talked about how it got even worse and worse than that. And then, and then all of a sudden it looked like they were going to die and God just raised them up and gave them a miracle. So they had the word, they had all this going, but, 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 but their son died. And they were like, you know, how are we going to get up here in, in front of our church and tell these people, you know, this is what we believe. And a man that he knew that was like his mentor uh, uh, had been sick. And when he was sick, he had a visitation from God. And that visitation from God, he heard Jesus and this boy that passed away talking. He heard them talking. He didn't know what it meant at the time. He kept it in his heart. He didn't say anybody. He's a a man that was mature in the ministry, knew the things of God, just kept it in his heart. Didn't say anything. When all of this happened, he knew exactly what it meant. And, and he called this man. Actually, this pastor called this man. The Lord spoke to him and said, you need to call this man. He's got, he's got a word for you. He called this man, and this man told him, he said, the problem that we have on the earth is we think we know something when we really don't know anything. And he says, you have to understand, God is letting you in on some inside information because he allowed me to view a conversation between you and your son. And Jesus asked he asked your son, do you want to go back? And he looked around and he said, well, I don't know. And Jesus said this to him, you won't be there long. He said, then I'd rather stay. Now you have to understand, that's the day and the hour that we're living in right now. In which this, this, there's this tremendous amount of energy that's in the spirit realm. And what we're seeing in the earthly realm is just a result of that energy. Yeah, a lot of it's negative. A lot of it's demonic. But I'm telling you, there's also the Spirit of God that's moving because of the prayers of God's people and the obedience of God's people and the resistance of God's people. And that's those that saying we're not going to give up. We're not going to quit. We're going to continue to pray. We're going to believe we receive and we shall have it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, yeah, it's sure easy to get healed after you hear something like that. Well, guys, well, praise God. See, we don't know everything that's going on. We don't know, but we do know what is going on in our own lives and the pressure that it's bringing. And for many people right now, a lot of people are fighting some of their greatest battles. Physically with physical things, mentally with... And here's the thing, you've got to recognize you're in a fight. And there's reasons for that. Now, this first, this first, this first reason... Lee and I were watching a guy the other night, it was a couple of nights ago, I think, uh, we were watching that on uh, 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 a particular minister, we know, talking about uh, the attacks that that have come upon the body of Christ, their significance, what they mean. I was already studying that along, along the lines of what we've been preaching on the compassion of God and how it works in the brokenness of your life. And how in the reality of, of life and spirituality, many times some of the greatest revelations and the greatest light you get from God is not on your mountaintop experiences. It's in your valley experiences when you uncover something in the darkness that brings light into your darkness. Amen. 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 And a lot of people think, well, you know, we just need to live on that mountaintop. That's the only way we can. No, no, many times it's our transition on that path of righteousness through that valley, bringing us up that other side in which you get a momentum from God in which not only do you come out of something you're going through, but you're going to help others come out of their situation too. Amen. Amen. Now, let me read this in Daniel. Then I'll read this a scripture in Revelation 12, just two reference scriptures. Now, now, we know this is talking about the end times, verse, uh, chapter 7, verse... Uh, 24, talking about the 10 horde beasts, his kingdoms, uh, uh, and the 10 kings that will arise out of that. And another shall rise after them, and they shall be diverse uh, from the first, and they shall subdue, subdue kings. Now, notice this, and he shall speak grand words against the Most High. Now, notice this, and shall wear out the saints. Everybody say the saints. Now, a lot of people say, well, those are tribulation saints, or those are this, or those. Let me tell you, it's the same devil doing the same thing right now that he's going to be doing in the tribulation. The only reason that it doesn't look like the tribulation is we're holding back a lot of that. We're praying something over something the other night. What, what, what was it, Leah? And we kept praying that, praying, praying that, we can't stop it, but we can lessen its effects. We kept praying that, and praying that, and praying that. Well, I don't know how many how many. Lives that prayer rippled into, but ours it was just like a couple of days later when we've never had wrecks, never had wrecks, never wreck our cars, and Leah and Breland gotten wrecked both in the same day. What, four or five hours apart. Amen. But that could have been a whole lot worse. You say why? Because we lessen the effect through prayer and intercession. That's why it's important for us to stay together and continue to do what God's called us to do because in that agreement and in that intercession, even though you may be going through the worst hell of your life, it's when you get in agreement with other people that that enemy's wrath against the saints gets lessened because our authority is being used. That's what our authority is designed for, especially in these last days. Now, the one in, in Revelation chapter 12, I like this one. This, I'm going to read this in my Passion Bible. You know, it's the one where, you know, we overcome overcome by the uh, blood of the Lamb, the the word of our testimony. It says they triumphed because they did not love or cling to their own lives even when faced with death. So we rejoice you heavens and ever heavenly being, but woe unto the earth and the sea. For the devil has come down to you with great fury because he knows his time is short. Now, you've got to understand these two. Di- I know we self inflict a lot of things. We do a lot of things to our own. I understand that. And I understand a lot, a lot of times we go through things that we should have never allowed to happen in the first place. But you still have to understand there is a dynamic of this working in the earth right now in which the enemy is at a, is at a heightened rate or a heightened level of activity against us, against the church, against the saints of God. Amen. I mean, it's some of the craziest things I've ever heard of that's gone on in people's lives, in churches, in ministries that I've known. Just flat out attacks of the devil. Absolute the devil. I've seen it in businesses, in families. Just an absolute attack of the devil. But you have to see it and understand it for what it is so that you can muster the defense that you need to, recover in the place you need to recover, and go on down the road with God. Let me just say this. You don't have to prolong any drama in your life one day longer than you want to. (laughs) Amen. You say, what do you mean by that? You can put a stop to it. You can make a decision. Man, healing begins right here and now. I'm going to stop. I'm going to get out of the fight, get into the victory. Sometimes that takes doing some things you might not want to do. But here's the thing. The time is short. And you don't have time to spend a lot of time in recovery. you got to understand God is doing a quick work in a lot of people's lives if you'll just yield to Him and let Him do it. Yeah. Amen? So, this, 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 this is an attack. Everybody say an attack. So, to some dimension, all of us have come under the attack of the demonic realm in which they've been activated at, another, at a different level You say, well, is there any indication? Well, I tell you, there's a lot. One of them is the amount of death that we're seeing on the earth right now. And I'm not playing, well, it's because of this or it's because of that. Well, there's always been death upon the earth. But I'm telling you, death is loose on this earth right now. However you want to define it or describe it, it is loose upon the earth right now. And the good news is Jesus has overcome death. He has overcome death. So what do we do? We fight to live every day. We are fighting to live. Fighting that oppression. Fighting that demonic realm that thinks they've got something going on. And they're trying to do everything they can do to bring death to everybody's life. But we got a greater life than their death. (laughs) when you realize you got a greater life than their death, then it really doesn't bother you. You just kind of lay back and enjoy the goodness of God and the presence of God as you allow God to continue to work in your life and bring you into step with everything that he's doing in these last days. So the devil's come down with great fury. He knows his time is short. Now, the end time, how can I say this? The end time plan of the devil... We've all heard it. We know what it is. Through these type of demonic attacks that take place, a lot of times start in our minds. Then what we pick up and entertain in our minds, the enemy knows just how to stretch it. Amen. He knows how to make a mountain out of a molehill. He does. He knows how to do it. But if you begin to recognize and realize that the same strategy of the enemy that he's always run upon the church since day one, since the first time two people, three people, or five people have ever gathered together and said we're a church, he has wanted to cause offense to get into people and get into churches and get into ministries and get into businesses and get into families because he knows that is the contagious disease that unless it is cut off can infect even a move of God. Let me read this real quick, Matthew 24, then we'll look at a couple of hallelujah scriptures. Amen? So we talked about there being something demonic, but now notice this. Let me find it here. Verse 9 of Matthew 24. Let me get back here. They shall deliver you up to be afflicted, and and they shall kill you. You shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Now notice this in verse 10. Is that verse 10? 9, 10, yeah. And, And then shall many, everybody say many, then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. Oh, boy. Now, I know we can go and talk about this not being what we call pre-rapture or before the rapture takes place. Actually, this is talking about that dispensation in time right before Jesus comes back. But in the midst of that or the beginnings of that or the groundswell of that is beginning to happen right now. Well, there's people that they're getting offended over everything. They're, they're allowing this world system to bring its division into their lives. Amen? I mean, just about from, from your political view. I mean, really in the in the in the scheme of things, I really don't have a political view. You say, why not? I don't have time for it. That takes time. Amen. And I really don't know of a politician that died for me. Arose from the dead for, and I'm not saying good or bad about any of them. You know, they run the machine. That's all I can say about it. But here's the thing in the midst of that, I've come to the realization that there is something in humanity that's like a cancer that eats away at every strata of society. Whether they're the super rich or the super poor or the middle class, whatever it may be, rich, old, you ever, ethnic background, does not matter. People get offended. They get they get their feelings hurt. They get they get wounded. They get and what happens with that if it's allowed to continue to mastate in a family, in a nation? I've seen it in a nation. In an area? Amen. I guarantee you it, it'll, it causes death to just reign in the midst of all of that. That's why God raises up people that are of light and refuse to be offended and make a decision. I'm not going to allow the enemy to drag me in, especially into the offense of the last day. And I'm going to tell you, the offense of the last day is going to be this, exactly what we're talking about. God's going to do some things we're not going to be able to understand or explain. He's going to do some great things according to the Word of God. But He may do some things to protect us, to preserve us, to keep us. Amen. You say, well, how will you know? Well, I'll teach the Word and if it's God, the Holy Ghost will speak to you. Amen. That's exactly how the Spirit of God works. You can't do it any other way. But you've got to make a decision in your own life to be (laughs) at work 24-7. Upon your, upon your life, working on your life, going into the dark corners, making a decision, saying, God, you know, I'm, I'm opening my heart up to you now. Here I am. This is the last of the last days. I mean, what am I going to do? Who am I going to be? How am I going to? I mean, answer, get all those questions answered because they're answered very quickly by the Spirit of God and by the Word of God as you begin to understand the time in which you live and what's going on in this earth. This is the fight. Amen. This is the fight. It is the fight of faith that Jesus said, when I return, will I find faith upon this earth? Because we live in a dispensation in which the availability of faith is at a level that the world's never seen before. They didn't have this level back in the book of Acts. Come on, church. They didn't have the Holy Bible. They didn't have all the translations. They didn't have the nice buildings. They didn't have the jet airliners to fly around, go to different nations. They didn't have all of that. But we do. I said, but we do. And because of that, don't you know that God is going to maximize the potential of His glory? And in order to do that, there's got to be a people willing to go through what it takes to get to that place in the kingdom of God in which the Spirit of God moves in a way that God has caused you to believe He would. Because if God could not cause you to believe that He would move that way, there's no way that desire could be of Him. You say, what do you mean? I, I, I'm around people all the time that are like, man, brother, pastor, I'm, I'm praying. Man, I tell you, I can just sense it. It's God's moving. Something's happening. I, and they just, you know, I mean, if you get into it, there is. You can sense it in the spirit realm. That's because we are praying. We are interceding. We are believing. Amen. You say, why? Well, that's our assignment in this day, in this hour. And as we do that, then we pick up this participation level, and in the movement of our participation with God, God works on our character and gets us healed of things in our life that many times we've carried for years that has inhibited us to receive on a level that God wants us to receive. I heard a guy say that one time if I'd have known God was going to deal with me like this, I'd never gone that far in God. <laughs> well, if it was somebody that I could name his name, you'd all say, wow. You say, why? Because sometimes the dealings of God are tough. Sometimes we're, you know, what are people, what did Brother Hagen? you say we have, we have uh, uh, minds like a cement, permanently mixed and thoroughly set. I mean, I know what it's like, you know, 10 years into the ministry, and you could answer any question at any time that anybody asks. Isn't that true? Ten years into the ministry. 38 years in the ministry, I don't have a clue. Don't ask me, ask Leah. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, I don't have any less knowledge. What I'm saying is this. I've learned through what I've gone through in the past 28 years, between when I thought I used to know it all now, I've learned that you cannot put God in a box or square him up into any corner and think that this is how God is going to do something in my life or in my church or in my and, and you've got to make a decision all I'm responsible for is to take my life lay it upon your altar and do everything I can do every breathing moment of my life to serve you to love you to praise you to do my best to line up with this word hear from the Spirit of God and live my life in accordance with it now if you'll do that that, I guarantee, sure, you'll go through some things. You'll have some ups, some downs, some ins and outs. But all this stuff that the devil has designed to take masses of people away from the move of God in the last days will not affect you. Amen. <laughs> because you have learned that what you're going through many times is God chipping things off of you, not by the experience of what you're going through, but by the word that heals you in that experience. You say, what do you mean by that? God, no, he, he, he saw that experience coming to you and he saw you growing in the word and he knew if I could get them both to that intersection where the word intersects with their experience, I can cause the word to work mightily for them. He yeah. said, well, what if you miss it a, a, a little? That's when God's mercy comes in and brings you right, lines you right back up. Amen. 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 I'm telling you, that's a glorious way to live. It's a glorious way to live. And you'll find out that in you, you'll find more and more resistance against the adversary and the demonic realm. And less and less resistance resistant to people. Not to the point in which, you know, people just run over and do this. No, no, not to that point. But a point in which God can use you for true compassion. In which your compassion can be turned supernatural upon people. Amen. I don't know if you've ever experienced that before where you saw somebody and God was opening a door for you to minister to them and all of a sudden that compassion of Jesus would come upon you and you knew that was your faith working, joining with their faith so that Jesus shows up right in the midst of that by His name because His name is Him being personally present with us. Amen. Now, with that in mind, offense, everybody say offense. Go to the book of James real quick. <laughs> I don't know why we keep coming back to that, but it is. I've seen it just do stupid stuff. Chapter 4. Now, James, remember who James is. He's a pastor of the church in Jerusalem. Amen. Which I, I bet was daunting. I bet that was awesome trying to have to pastor all those people. Been around Peter and, and, and you know, all that kind of stuff. But now he writes this in chapter four by the Holy Ghost. Uh, let me read it. Let me read it in the. Uh, I'm gonna read it in the Passion Bible. What is the cause of your conflicts? Now he's speaking to us. He's speaking to the church. What is the cause of your conflicts and quarrels with each other? Doesn't the battle begin inside of you as you fight to have your own way and fulfill your own desires? You jealously want what others have, so you begin to see yourself as better than others. You scheme with envy and harm others to selfishly obtain what you crave. That's why you quarrel and fight and all the time you don't obtain what you want because you won't ask God for it. (laughs) And if you ask, you won't receive it for you're asking with corrupt motives, seeking only to fulfill your own selfish desires. You have become spiritual adulterers who are having a fair an affair and a holy relationship? Now, notice this with the world. Now, this is this is we're not, not, we're not accusing anybody of anything. You know, the the mirror shines on me first. That's all I can say about that. Amen. But you have to understand everything that's going on. That pressure of the world that's in the world is forcing us to respond to all, to each other in a way that we never have before. Not, not just in church, but everywhere you go. Now, now it's gotten a little better, I guess, because we live in Texas. But I remember when all this stuff first started and people were really afraid. You know, I mean really afraid. I mean really, really afraid. And everybody had a mask on and everywhere you went. And I'm not saying anything mask pro or anything like that. I'm just saying this is the way it was. But, you know, that began to temper itself. This thing began to begin to wane down, and that, that emotion began to leave it. You say, what, what emotion? I, I was around places where, you know, I'd be standing somewhere waiting on a, a something to eat or something like that, and somebody would walk into a place, and their mask wouldn't be down this. The, and people would freak out and run up to them and holler stuff and do all kinds. And we're like, whoa, you know. Okay, praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. But you got to understand, it took society to another level uh, emotionally. Uh, man, I've had my heart broke more than once with a student, friends of mine, sons and daughters looking at me, one, one particular situation, two little boys looking at me and saying, I just I can't understand what my teacher says and every time I come home I, do, I have to lay in bed for an hour with headaches. I'm like, man, that's, that's, that's a heightened emotion. For that family and all those people that go to that school. See, that's what the enemy's doing. He's come down with great wrath. We're not seeing the full extent of it. This is the beginning, the birth pains of that. What's going on in a lot of the nations of the world? The pressure of shutdowns and this and that. And you may or may not be able to buy or say, well, listen, what are they trying to do? They're pushing this whole agenda because it's really not a push of the natural from men. It's a spiritual push from the adversary. You say, why? His time is short. He's an eternal being stuck on a time clock. That's what he is. So you have to be aware that that's exactly what he's trying to do. Drag you into that. And it begins many times with your thinking, thoughts that come into your mind. Have you ever noticed that lately, how there's been a, two different things? House, oh, I've got plenty of time. Two different things. There's been this, this, this avalanche of thought that has just exploded. Amen? And then there's a weariness, whether you recognize it or not. It seems like it's almost like a, like a narcotic, like a, I don't know what you'd call it. It's like a numbness that you get. You're just kind of like numb to it all after a while. And if you're not careful, that will cause your spiritual senses to be dulled because many times the enemy uses that to begin the thought process in your mind to keep you out of church or out of the house of God. Because this is the only place that's going to keep these things stirred up in you. You'll find that, yes, you can stir them yourself to a certain extent, but you need to meet together with people as often as you can. Uh, There might be a scripture somewhere in the Bible that says, forsake not the assembling of yourself together. Even more so as you see what? The day approaching. Why? You're going to need it. You're going to need to be around people, encouraged. You're going to need to sing the songs, have hands laid on you when you're going through something, praying with everything that we do is designed to get you through this. Amen? Amen. So you've got got to put that effort into it because if you don't, that's what will happen. You'll get wearied by the thinking because there's plenty to think about and that will weary you. That's why you've got to turn turn your mind over to the Word through constant confession. I love speaking the Word. I do it all the time. Speak the Word, speak the Word. I speak the Word when I'm not listening. I've conditioned myself to speak the word when I'm not listening because a lot of times when I am listening, I'm not speaking. The word's still speaking. Amen. Amen. Wake up in the morning. Instead of thoughts of disaster and pain, what's going to happen today? Uh, What's been happening to me for about three weeks, when I wake up in the morning, Psalms 23 has been playing in my head. The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name'sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for He is with me. Uh, he, uh, 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 my mind just went blank. <laughs> Let's go ahead. Presence of your know it's my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. I shall dwell in the house. Usually by the time I get to, I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Cookies done got up and started shaking. The weenie dogs have started moving around. But that's the, third, the first thought on my mind. The first thought on my mind. The first thought on my mind. Amen. And it's amazing. You get up and just start doing, just going through your day. And the enemy will start. He'll start just like that. Now, If you let him, if you entertain him, he'll, I mean, he'll start in the morning and he'll run it through the night. And then if you allow that to go day after day, that's when that weariness sets in. You've had to fight this physical thing. You've had to fight this financial thing. This has happened in your family. That's happened in your, this has happened. That has happened. You know, I'm telling you, the Lord spoke to us last year a little later than this, it was about April, April into early May. And he spoke to us about the summer. He said the summer would be benign, but as you got into the, into the later months, darkness would come. And we saw that with Omicron and all that happened. I mean, I mean we had a lot of funerals, all this kind of stu- stuff took place. But through the intercession of our church, it lessened the effect to the point that we just went through it with joy. Went through with peace. Had great goings for people. Rejoiced in heaven. Rejoiced in the Lord. People that were wounded, we ministered to them. God kept moving. We had our fall harvest conference. God kept moving. We kept moving into the new year. God keeps blessing. God keeps moving. You've got to continue doing what you know to do and then listen and hear from God to add to your repertoire of obedience that what you need to get you moving further. To get your answer. We're where where, where like Rob. He gets the report. that the, the, the diabetes is not there. Where the check comes in the mail. Where you get the business contract. Where you get the breakthrough. Where the door opens. Whatever it is that you need. You can't back off because God's using these days to get his church ready. To get his church ready. So who's he going to come back for? I guarantee you he's not coming back for offended people. Mad people, mean people. I'm not about in the church. Amen. He's coming back for what? A glorious church. Why do you think he's working on us like he's working on us? I don't know if you've ever watched a, a, real, a guy that was a real potter do, do pottery. I guess, what do you call it? I guess you call it doing pottery. <laughs> Did you ever notice how they slow down and speed up the wheel? And you ever notice many of the times when they speed it up, that's when they do some of the most intricate work, especially those that are really good. I've watched some guys do that also that do engraving like on guns. There's very few that still do it by hand. But there's some that can do it and they've got this little bitty hammer. And they and I mean, they just go around that thing. I mean, it's amazing. They do birds. They do dogs. They do all kinds of stuff like that. But many times, it's when things are heightened or speeded up that God does some of His most intricate work in your spirit and in your soul. Sometimes cutting away. See, many times we like the vessel that's produced at the end. <laughs> but we don't... We forget we got to be cut on first. Then we're going into the fire. Amen. He said, well, you don't want them doom and gloom preachers. No, I don't have to preach it. There's enough of it here without having to preach it. (laughs) Amen. So thank God he's given us what? He's given us the word. He's given us the joy of the Holy Ghost. He's given us. Now, what's the worst that could happen? What's the absolute worst that the earth says, that the world says? Well, you might die. What do you mean I might die? Amen. But our our great testimony is to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And I'm telling you, there will be a generation in whose the earth will lose its grip on and we will be swept away. What do you mean swept away? Swept up into something. It's not going to be an instantaneous thing where nobody's doing nothing. Everybody just kind of hang around and see what God's going to do. No, God's going to be moving. There's going to be a powerful manifestation of His presence and power. It's going to be undeniable. It's going to be on the television sets, on the, on the computer screens. People are going to be able to tune it up, see it, look at it, and probably go to it pretty close to wherever they're at as it spreads around the world. But it may not ta- take very long for it to happen because it could start. I just keep getting this thing in my spirit because I remember when they told us about this COVID thing, in four days it went around the world. In four days it went around the world. Now, if the devil can do that, God can do that in four seconds. Amen? Amen. And God moves like that. God moves in in awesome ways like that. And everything that Jesus, not everything, but everything that Jesus caused us to pay attention to in the Word, such as rivers out of your belly will flow what? Rivers of living water. The works that I do, you shall do also. And greater works than these. Then you go into the old covenant, the latter house, uh, the, 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 the former house will be greater than the latter, the latter be greater than the former. You know what I mean. Amen. But everything indicates not a reducing power. Now think about this for a moment. From resurrection morning to the rapture of the church. There's no indication in the Word of God that there's going to be a a reducing of, well, finally, the Lord says there'll be a few old saints left and we'll jerk them off the earth. No, 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 no. You think about the last 120 years on the earth, according to revelation in the Word of God and the power and the authority. There's been millions saved, millions healed, millions of miracles, signs and wonders. Who was it that sent us those pictures the other day of the, the baby that was healed in Alabama from? Was that wrong? The, the, uh, y'all heard the testimony of the little child that was healed in Alabama uh, 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 in A.A. Allen's meeting. Just, just all everything that could be wrong with a child was just just this blob of flesh. And God does this amazing miracle and does it as a demonstration of that which he said he would do in the last days. Because the prophecy that went forth in the meeting said, in the last days, this will happen in every service all over the world. Where not just one or two get healed, but everybody gets healed. We saw him give that testimony at Benny Hinn's church in the 90s. In the 90s, we ended up at a dinner table with R.W. Schambach. He was, the, he was the praise and worship leader that night. And you know, all these, a lot of these other preachers, they'd get around these big preachers. They're shy. I'm not. I was always a pest to big preachers. I asked Brother Hagin, I said, did you remember me? He said, I remember you. You used to sit on the front row, swing your feet, click your heels under that wooden bench. used to irritate the fire out of me. I wish somebody would have come gotten you. I love you too. Amen. So I asked him, you can ask me, I said, tell us about the miracle. I said, tell us about the so man, he 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 loves to tell it. I mean, he was he was almost preaching by the time he finished. But he said in that meeting, what was amazing is when that child, that miracle hit and that power hit, he said there was a group of wheelchairs, he said all of them like a sergeant giving a a command to a bunch of of young troops to stand at attention. He said every person in those wheelchairs stood right up. He said there was a big area over here of, of stretchers and people laying on stretchers all over. He says with one command the Spirit of God hit and every person on stretchers stood up and began to glorify and magnify God. And God said in a prophecy in the last days there will be meetings all over in which not just one or two here or there but everyone in the building will be healed same thing happened to Oral Roberts in a meeting just about every healing evangelist or healing ministry that you know of something like that happened to him at least one time where well, there was an outpouring of the Holy Ghost and the manifestation and God pointing to a time in which he would move in an unprecedented way upon this earth really fulfilling Joel chapter 2 in the last days I'll pour out of my spirit upon all flesh one of the greatest men of faith that ever lived in our generations. The generations that, have been, uh, that we've been around or been exposed to was a man named Smith Wigglesworth. Knowing that he would probably never see a young preacher named Lester Summerall again because of, the war, of World War II and his own age. Inability of civilian Americans to get back to the European theater after the war. He knew that would be the, probably the last time he would see Lester Summerall was a 20-something-year-old young man. London, England. They were de- deporting him because the Americans, the, the civilian Americans were being deported because of the bombing of London. When he went to say goodbye, Dr., Dr., uh, well, Dr. Summerall later in years, but Brother Summerall said that Wigglesworth grabbed him by the shoulders and pinned him up against the wall. And he said tears began to roll down his face. And he says, I see it. He says, I see it, I see it. A great move, a great wave of God, a great move of God, a great move of God. I won't see it in my day. Man, in his day, I mean, he, he ushered in one of the greatest moves of God that, that the continental United States and Europe ever saw. Go read some of his books. Amazing. I, he couldn't get on a ship and go across the Atlantic or come back across the Atlantic without just about getting everybody on the ship saved, filled with the Holy Ghost and healed. But it wasn't in his day. Amen. I thought in the 90s when I began to see great manifestations of the power of God and of ministry in our own ministry. And and packed churches everywhere we went. And God moving. I thought, well, maybe this is it. But I watched all that die out and churches get cold, get indifferent. We never did. We just kept on praying. Kept on serving God. Amen. And now it's been a while. But I'm telling you, those stirrings. I heard a preacher give an illustration using the news reports before the eruption of Mount St. Helens. Was that 82? 82 that Mount Saint, Remember Mount St. Helens in Washington State? And for years, not for years, but for months, they said there was a bulge on the north side of the mountain. This big bulge. Now that was the indication to those geologists. This thing fixing to blow. There's a name, there's a name for those volcanists that study volcanoes and how they erupt and what they do. There's names for all of that. But anyway, they saw that, and that was that was not a maybe. That was this thing's gonna this thing's gonna happen. Now they went around telling everybody. But did you know for the most part, nobody believed them. Because they didn't see anything. But they knew because they had things that could look into a realm in which other people couldn't look into. Amen. And I'm telling you, in the kingdom of God, there's a big bulge on the north side right now. And there's a lot of people saying, well, I don't know. And I'm in, mean, you know, COVID has shut the churches down and, you know, all that. No, no, I'm, tell- I'm not looking at that. I got some instruments that helps me to see into a realm that nobody else is looking into. And I'm telling you, there's a bulge there on the, on the, on the north side of the kingdom of God and it's fixed to explode. There, there gets to be an anticipation in your spirit. There does. When you begin to re- realize and recognize that you're walking into something that you know is not of your making or not of your doing. You know it's something that God's leading you into. I remember when the first time I went to Ireland, December of 1988, I went over there, but I went with this pastor because the pastor had never traveled overseas and he asked me to go with him. I said, Sure. So before uh, we left, actually two nights before we left, his mother, who was used by God, called me. And she said, uh, my son named his name. He said, now he's called to go over there. But she said to me, you're called to that nation. I said, okay. I mean, you know, I didn't know what to think about that. I I didn't. I was like, okay, you know. I just thought that was somebody trying to encourage me. And I tell you, when we got there, I wasn't there three days. I knew I was called to that nation. And trying to figure that out. Do I move over here? No, God says, I want you to come and go. Come and go, because there's other nations you're going to have to work in. That's what we were doing when we were traveling. But I'm telling you, the anticipation I used to get because of from glory to glory and from faith to faith as you see something coming. Because, see, it didn't happen when we first got there. It happened because we went there and obeyed God. And then we got some other people obeying God and some other people obeying God and some other people obeying. Next thing you know, that thing exploded and God began to move in such incredible ways to the point that it affected even the nation itself monetarily because when we first started going, Ireland was the poorest nation in Western Europe. Then the Celtic Tiger hit, I don't know if you've ever read about finances and things, but the tech companies came to Dublin and Ireland exploded financially. It was amazing. It's amazing. So, with that same anticipation times about a thousand, I can't hardly pray, intercede, open the Bible, plug something into my plug something into my truck and begin to listen to a message being preached go to a service somewhere, come to a service here, where I just, every time you get around any dimension of the spirit realm, you see this, you see it, you know it. Yeah, you do see some darkness out there. You see some things, but I'll tell you against the backdrop, God is manifesting himself and his glory, and we have to make sure we do what is necessary to keep that darkness of the enemy coming down Warring and fighting against God's people. Seeking whom He may destroy. Staying sober. Staying in the Word of God. Being full of joy. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Amen. And then being obedient to God. And I guarantee you, you'll see. You'll see. We've already seen a few things that were pretty cool. But we ain't seen nothing yet. I said, we haven't seen anything yet. You know, you can't believe anything until you believe it. Amen. I remember listening to a couple of people talking about last days outpourings. And you know, arms growing, legs growing. You hear that kind of stuff you like. All right, like to see that. Amen. Then you have it happen a few times. It humbles you because you knew it happened because of God's mercy and not who you were. But what we don't realize is much of that has already happened. I went to Corpus maybe three times. A continual revival broke out in an Assembly of God church, Cathedral of the Palms. woman lost three fingers in a car accident. By the time she got through the emergency room, a bunch of Holy Ghost people got to her and she had them all put back on. Well, that'll stir up a town. I'd go in there and do a week at a time, Sunday through Sunday. Glorious things were going on. Awesome things were happening many times. Hmm, should I say that, Lord? Can I say that? Huh. Okay. I would go two months, three months, never more, than, never more than about four months. And I would go and I'd be in meetings and I'd teach Bible school and I'd do conferences. But one service in about that three to four month period would just be undescribable. You couldn't describe it. It would just be crazy. It, things would happen and, and and God would God would manifest in such ways. I remember a church was paid off one time. I remember 36 families were added to a church. I mean, it was incredible. Ladies' eyes were opened. Uh, another lady that was dying of Crohn's disease was healed. I mean, the manifestation of right there in front. And it was it was, it was a one time like one service, and I'd think, what is that all about? And I'd pray, and the Lord would impress in my spirit this: it's like it's like a child and a father teaching a child how maybe to drive a car, or to do something that he has to teach the child how to do. And you got to do it in such a way. You can read every book about riding a bicycle, but eventually you got to teach the. Teach the, teach the kid or the daughter how to ride that bike. Got to get on it. Push those pedals. You got to go down the road. And so that's exactly what I'd begin to sense. Like I'm this, this, just this, this just this infant in the spirit. Like a child in the spirit. And then God would go boom and do this meeting like that and he'd say now that's, that's what you need to grow into. Where that's going on all the time. Well, no, you don't understand the resistance against that. But in the midst of it, if you'll keep pressing forward, no matter what it may be, whether it be something in ministry, something in business, an idea, an insight, whatever it may be, but you know it's something of God and something supernatural, you, listen, you got to press toward it. Because within that is the destiny. You don't know that God wraps this thing up in six weeks, eight weeks, three months, six months things begin to happen things begin to move what was it Amos 9 the message Bible I was supposed to be gone I was here on a Sunday morning so my offices were right through there I'm reading Amos 9 in the King James Bible Danny Johnson was scheduled to preach that morning he walked in he said I got a word from God for you you have a Bible I said yeah I'm sitting here reading the Bible he said turn to Amos 9 I said I'm already there Amen. And it talks about moving into a season in which everything that is in heaven is unlocked upon the earth. And it's one blessing after the next 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 after the, next, after the It actually says like what, what? Like water falling off of a waterfall. Amen. He talks about restoration. He talks about all, and you know, you go to Joel chapter 2 and it talks about restoring the years. That the palma worm, the canker worm, the caterpillar, and the locust have eaten away all. Four insects eat away all, all four parts of the tree. Amen. Supernatural. Supernaturally doing it. Hallelujah. Isn't that, man, I could ramble on all night. I start talking about it, it starts getting real. Hallelujah. Don't you love the Lord? Aren't you glad to be alive in these days? What exciting days to be alive. Serve God with all your heart. Serve God with all your heart. Amen. Praise God. You know, we've got some guests. Is it okay to say hi to our guests real quick? Come on. Y'all come real quick. Y'all know the Fishers from, from, uh, from uh, Hong Kong. This is their son and daughter-in-law. Praise God. Do we have a mic? Just holler. They'll hear you. Yes. <laughs> Listen yeah. to that voice. <laughs>
0: yes. It's so great to be with you. It's just an honor to sit here, Pastor Rusty, preach. It's very spiritually imparting it. I love the message about what God is doing in not letting things like COVID stop the plan of God. It's been quite a challenge in the last couple of years. China, Hong Kong has been going through a lot, a lot of restrictions, uh, a lot of missionaries being forced to leave China, but we really feel a deep sense of passion and just honor to be placed in a city like hong kong where god strategically created that city i believe to advance the gospel in china and in hong kong like a amen you know, the wow can, awesome know? and i just want to say this church and pastor rusty and leah have had a huge impact in the ministry there and so i my parents who i'm sure many of you have met before here at the church Stephen charman uh, send their love and our first time to be able to visit you all so good to finally make it all the way down to beaches in Texas yeah <laughs> amen um, to, to be with you all so I just want to say thank you so much thank you Pastor amen Pastor. amen
1: thank y'all for coming by God bless y'all give them a hand amen hallelujah God bless you amen I think we ought to take them an offering glad you're so happy about getting to give another offering <laughs> That means you ought to give double. Amen. You say, did God speak to you and tell you to, tell you to take it? No. You ought to have enough sense to do it. Hey, I learned that from uh, Brother Osteen. Amen. Sometimes it's, it's, it sounds good to you and the Holy Ghost. But I like to bless missionaries. Amen. And he's, he's second generation. Oh, glory to God. Isn't that cool? He's second generation. That's that's a, another gen. And y'all have how many? How many kids do you guys got? Three kids. Now that's that's the third generation. Isn't that awesome? Man, that is so cool. That is really cool. God is so good. Man, praise God. Do you have any money? We'll give some money. Oh, okay. You know, you're always holding the money. (laughs) Uh, Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm going to let you think about it a minute. How about that? When we were kids, I, I used to, I don't know what I thought about it, but it happened anyway. Mom Goodwin was always flowing in the Holy Ghost. And missionaries would come. There was one that used to come that I used to love because they would spread all these lion heads and spears and all this kind of, all over the altars, all over the altars. And then they'd tell these awesome testimonies about these tribes they'd go to and how they wanted to kill them and now they're all filled with the Holy Ghost. It's pretty cool. And so uh, they'd take an offering and they'd they'd go back, count it real quick and then they'd always bring her up a little piece of paper and I can see her remember that Alan you should just get that piece of paper and waddle up to the podium saying now this ain't enough money here I'd hate to think I had to live on this much and she'd take one time she took three she took three offerings she said oh, we're going to take an offering until till, till my spirit's released and they took three offerings but we're only going to take one tonight maybe I don't know <laughs> we were in a church, uh, service where they took five praise God People, oh my God they took five offerings No, that's just the way it is, isn't it? Hold your offering up. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for another opportunity to sow into your kingdom. We bless the work in Hong Kong. Thank you, Lord, for this wonderful missionary family. We surround them with faith and love. We stand with them in faith, agreeing, believe, and we receive that which they need to maximize the potential of what you've called them to do in Hong Kong. Thank you, Lord, for the masses, the masses that they can touch and all the people that will be blessed. We sow in faith, believe and we receive. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I guess y'all can bring them up as we dismiss. Let's pray and dismiss. Father, thank you for tonight. Your goodness Your life, your light. Lord, we thank you. We resist in the spirit the heightened activity of our adversary and his oppression. We will not fall for his control, his intimidation, or his manipulation in any way. We break it off. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for your peace and your life in our hearts. That our minds are guarded, that our bodies are saturated with your word. That our spirit man is growing in grace, in understanding, and in mercy. Thank you, Father. Your protection and safety is upon us as we travel. The highways, seaways, airways, railways, any other way of travel or transportation. Thank you, Father, in the righteous labor of our hands. As we go out and do that, what you've opened up, what you've created, what you've placed into our life. We thank you, Father. Father. The adversary is bound. Jesus is risen. The devil is defeated. We stand victorious in all things. Let us, Lord, allow that stirring of our hearts in evangelism and righteousness. Let us recognize and realize the day in which we live and prepare our hearts for the greatest victories of the kingdom of God and the body of Christ. Thank you, Lord. As we leave, leave tonight, we walk in faith and love towards you. Lord, we love. We, we leave walking in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, and anointed by the Holy Ghost. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast.
0: To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.
1: Hallelujah, Jesus.